When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Hello, and welcome to the Bow Hunter Planet podcast. It's me, Dave Thomas, along with Jamie Nopum, Kevin Conlon, and Chris McGee, and John Cedar sitting in on the headphones tonight. But uh, tonight we are talking to Tony Vandermore. Tony is one of the most amazing photographers we've seen in the uh, outdoor realm. Uh, huge focus on waterfowl, and uh, we're really excited to have Tony on the show tonight and uh, join us. So let's get him on the get him on the horn. All right, cool, man. So hey, how's things going? Tell us about what's up in your realm of uh, waterfowl and amazing imagery. Absolutely want to hear about it. Well, you know, this time of year is actually my busiest time of year with all the uh, the off season habitat management work you know planting planting corn and beans and all the food the first part of the summer and then you gotta mow and maintain levees and develop new farms and then it kind of rolls right into the moist soil planting you know millet buckwheat things like that that we'll plant later in the summer and got a shorter maturity it just keeps it keeps it pretty darn busy all throughout the year sure so uh, yeah, with all the different things you have going on, I mean, uh, I so I, I guess my my question would be for you is that when we talk about um, outdoor photography and that lifestyle of waterfowl for you, um, my first question is how many cameras have you ruined over the years? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I haven't ruined any yet. Wow, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I've got uh, I've got some that got dust spots in them and whatnot, but I haven't I haven't dropped one in the water yet. <laughs> what's your What's your preferable uh, camera brand? You like uh, Sony, Nikon, Canon? Um, I've shot Nikon's a lot in the past, and I switched over to Canon. I don't know seven or eight years ago, and I've had very good luck. I really like the the Canons that I've got now. Yeah, I would. You know, we've we've played with a lot of different realms of cameras here on this end, and. I tend to get a little spend happy with cameras just because I want to keep up with the technology and it's very hard to do sometimes. And I, you know, when Canon did the five D Mark three, it was a great camera. Obviously the five D Mark four came out. I jumped all over it because I was like, man, I got to have it. I just, it's a workhorse of a camera. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and now I know they got the R and the S and all that, but that didn't really fit the realm. I was thinking in my mind, but, uh, 
I have to admit, man, the uh, Instagram is awesome to see your shots. Uh, it's very exciting, and uh, I, it's, I love that we, you know, with our Experience Wild program, which is our kind of what fits more in the realm of the, the upland stuff, and hence why I have Chris on the phone and John sitting in on this call. Um, it, you know, it, it it's really cool to see that kind of stuff, and I think people just love that stuff. I mean, Chris, mm -hmm. Chris here at, at the table, it's on the, in the call today, takes a lot of our photography when it comes to waterfowl and ducks and stuff, and. Um, they seem to do so well um, on Instagram with the numbers. It's just incredible what people love to see on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think as outdoorsmen, we're just we're very fortunate, and we get to we get to see things every day that, that the grand majority of the population don't get to see. And sometimes we can take it for granted, but you capture that moment or you capture that scene, you know, on a camera and you can share it with everybody else. It, it tends to do very well. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's uh, exciting. So what? I guess what do you have coming up this year? What are you working on right now besides prepping the lands? <laughs> <laughs> right now we're getting uh, prepping lands, and we're, we're actually, you know, we're getting ready to uh, to get rolling. It's Ready to get I mean, teal season going. Yeah, it's the middle of August now. We opened September 1st at our Saskatchewan Lodge, and uh, duck season, or dove season opens September 1st here in Missouri, and teal season opens September 9th, so. Now, how many much. how many lodges do you guys have? Um, we've got Saskatchewan, Missouri, and Arkansas. Wow. Duck hunting capitals. <laughs> <laughs> so, you say it opens September 1st in Saskatchewan, and uh, do the birds start hitting pretty hard right away, or when does, when does it really, they do. when's I mean, the optimum time to go? It just depends. I mean, there's not really a bad time to be up there, honestly. Right where, where our lodge is at, Saskatchewan, it's the, the heart of the prairie pothole region. So you're going up there that time of year, and, the, and a lot of those birds, I mean, they haven't been hatched very long. They're not very smart, which, right or wrong, <laughs> it is what it is. But there's, there's plenty of birds right off the bat. Canada's and ducks, and usually the, the first cranes start showing up early September. And then as it progresses... You know, we'll start getting, start seeing snow geese about the end of the third week of September or so. Lots of cranes, middle of September and first part of October, little geese show up, more northern mallards, bigger bunches. It's it kind of the, the same up there as it is, you know, here in the States. You start out with, with not huge numbers, but very very workable birds and then as the season progresses they get into bigger bunches the weather gets colder they need to eat more more of a pattern to them where, where are they coming from like how far north are these birds usually coming from like where's their oh, mean they'll, they'll come from a long way like a lot of little geese will mess up on the tundra no kidding got your snow geese are coming from the tundra i mean they're these birds make a make a long trip every year hmm. Hey, Tony, tell us about how you got in the industry. I mean, every, every one of us has our story about how we started in this industry. Um, and, you know, and, and, and ours is very specific to bow hunting. But, you know, with our experience, Wild Realm, uh, we have touched a little bit into the stuff that you're, you know, dabbled into the, the, wa the waterfowl, the upland, and the fishing portions. But tell us about you and, like, how you got into this. Sure. I mean, I've been doing it, the hunting and, and outdoor thing in my whole life. I mean, it's all I've really ever know my dads and uncles and grandfather you know they said they used to take me to duck blind when i was in diapers yeah <laughs> nice hunting fishing trapping i mean that's that's just what we 
what we did. I mean, that's what we always always had to look forward to on the weekends when I was in school. And it's just kind of, I mean, it. I watched it, you know, not dominate, but be the the primary passion in my my dad and uncles and grandfather's lives. And obviously, it was it's easy for it to uh, to be instilled in myself, and and it's been my primary focus as well. When I got got out of college, I'd always wanted. My grandfather had a couple duck clubs when I was a kid, and I always wanted my own ground, you know, private place to hunt that I could work on myself. And I grew up in Illinois and went to school in Missouri and found all the ducks that we used to have in Illinois when I was younger, and uh, and never left. Got out of college and bought a farm with a friend, and as it, as it turns out, uh, Habitat Flats, there's there's four of us, myself and Dan Doherty and Aaron and Ira McCulley. Uh, we started Habitat Flats. We all had farms close to each other and were, were good friends and, and got to hunt together a lot. Well, when you're spending a lot of money and, and resources developing habitat, I mean, habitat's not, not cheap to create, but yeah. when you're only hunting with three or four or five guys, you know, a lot of the spots we weren't getting to use really throughout the fall so we, we started habitat flats as a way to just kind of subsidize our cost and, and it really really took off that's really cool man that's really exciting you know it's funny because you you look at um some of these images you guys have it's just amazing now do you take all these pictures yourself or do you have a couple friends you work with or how does that work um i, I take a, a lot of the photos um i mean a lot of our guides are are excellent photographers as well tyler Sar, he takes incredible images Stan Goosey I mean, we've got a lot of guys that are very talented with the camera I mean, we've all we've all shot enough ducks and geese that we're not afraid to put the gun down and pick the camera up right yeah that's really cool I was just thinking uh, it's funny because you look at some of these images and I, I I for one have seen the the Instagram stuff where even on our side it's like are you ever surprised by some of the pictures that like might do better than you thought they would or vice versa something you thought would do really well didn't do as well as far as likes go and people commenting oh yeah absolutely i mean it's always uh i mean some of them you think you you know for sure that that people are going to relate to and and some of them are kind of a shot in the dark and sometimes it's hands out sometimes it doesn't it's kind of neat to to see what what work and what makes people you know what what really makes people think and catches their attention and gets them to interact yeah, it's, it's interesting because you look at the numbers, some are like 4,000, some are 2,000, you know, some are 1,000. It's interesting the it ones looks, they pick. It looks like if you throw a dog in there, you get a lot more hits. <laughs> yeah, the dog helps a lot. Everybody awesome. likes dogs. <laughs> yeah, now you guys supply the dogs when people come hunt or uh, most people bring their own? Or... We do. We, uh, I mean, all of our guys, we've all got, got really good dogs that are well-trained and that have been, been at it. You know, they know the game. But our, our guests are welcome. You know, good dogs are always welcome. That's cool. Wow, yes. Yeah, we're just looking at your pictures while, we're, while we're talking. Some amazing photography. Yeah, really. it's just incredible. Some of these shots are just so cool. How was it filming with Benelli to, uh, to do that, uh, to kill a king? Man, that was that was uh, pretty wild. Being from, <laughs> from the Midwest, that was was not necessarily my area of expertise <laughs> or anything I've ever, like anything I've ever seen before. <laughs> It was really, really cool experience. I mean, just to be able to get out there and see it, the journey to get there is what is what's pretty neat. I mean, you can't shoot that many ducks while you're out there. 
but the the setting and the journey to get there makes it all worthwhile. Now, when you guys did that, were you guys hunting off like the rock formations out there or shoreline or? We did a little bit. Most of what we did, we were in like I think they were the little twelve foot zodiacs. Oh gosh, just, just a little raft in, in the middle of the Bering Sea in January. <laughs> not something I I would have seen myself doing twenty years ago, but I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. These these, are, these guns are pretty sweet looking. The camos on them. Super they have. Black Eagle threes. Yeah, this yeah. is cool. The, the Super Black Eagle threes are, are an awesome shotgun. Now is that a, that's a gas inertia system? I take it. Yeah the 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 inertia system. I mean, I've had the the Super Black Eagle ones. You know, the, what I like about them is that they're not gas. Um, I've always had better luck with the inertia driven mm-hmm. system. And the first year, the Super Black Eagle ones came. Came across the pond. I can't. I want to say it was like '91 or '92, maybe. And I started shooting one then, and uh, I was still shooting that gun when the Black Eagle three came out. And I never thought I'd put it down until I picked up the three. The three's just got a got a great feel. Wow, this this uh, Benelli booth thing that you guys did. This is unbelievable in Vegas. <laughs> this is oh, seriously. Yeah. Like I love how they put the fake rocks in the front. That looks so sick. It like looks just like the picture. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. They did a fantastic job on that. I kind of feel like we want we should do that in our studio. Like we should put like a tree in front of an image that Kevin took in South Dakota with a huge thing. That is seriously awesome. It looks like a like that top corner of it looks like a claw or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it like does. behind them. I feel like I'm in Game of Thrones. Like something's going down, and, and you know it's getting iced. We're gonna have uh, winters coming. Now, this is sweet, so sweet, man. This is really cool. It, how's it been working with uh, um, Benelli? Has that been kind of fun or exciting or a little bit been, stressful? Or no, it's been great. I mean, like I said, it's it's pretty much all I've ever shot. Uh, you know, when I was you know, probably a freshman in high school is when the first Black Eagle ones came over came from overseas, and that's all I've ever shot. So to be involved with a brand that. <laughs> that I've shot for so long and I've got yeah. so much faith in is, is pretty cool for me. That's really cool. I know when we go upland a lot here, we'll do pheasant in Michigan here. And um, Chris here has a Benelli and his dad's got some Benelli's too. And so when we're out there, it's absolutely amazing to me to shoot that gun versus any other gun. <laughs> and the, because that inertia system is unbelievable. You don't feel anything. No I'm just like pop, <laughs> pop, pop, pop. You know, it's like so yeah. quick. It's amazing. It, it, right. and the, the new one, the, the Black Eagle 3, I mean, it weighs less than the original ones, and it actually kicks a lot less. Wow, that's that's hard to believe. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's fun. So you also work with Under Armour, correct? Yes, yep. So that's kind of cool because I feel like um, it's kind of a cool system. So you have like the Under Armour clothing, which obviously is going to work really well in that that feel, like you know what you're doing in these images and stuff as well. Do you get a chance to have Under Armour come out or do some hunting with you guys? Yeah, they've been out a few times and, and helped uh, helped develop a, a line for them. Uh, I don't think it's out yet this fall, but it'll be some pretty good stuff when it comes out. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems to me like a lot of times that that's it's important for people like you to be talking with them, and that's that's one of the reasons I asked that if they come out, because I, then I know that you guys have a close relationship, which is good, because then you're actually giving them tips and tricks that they should be doing in their clothing line. Um, and the guns, too, right? It doesn't really matter what yeah. the product is. It's stuff that... You know, someone who does it every day understands and 
gets it and that's important because what i've been finding is a lot of companies in the industry and not just this industry but other ones they, they might not actually do the exact thing they you know promote for instance like chevy right i don't know any hunters that work you know chevy marketing i don't think they do a lot of actual hunting uh per se you know what i mean so they have to rely on other people to to get that feeling across but yeah definitely i know the underarmor people do hunt though <laughs> i know oh, yeah. kip and those guys hunt <laughs> we're just clothing firearms everything i mean with the technology now as opposed to what it was you know when when i started or we started when everybody started 30 years ago it's incredible yeah oh yeah and uh um, do you um now, do you do any bow hunting at all or not really you know i used to bow hunt a lot i used to bow hunt uh, almost every day of October uh, before duck season started when I was in college, mostly public ground. And nice. uh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, but uh, when I got out and, and got, got started in some other things, I just didn't have the time to, yeah. the time to do it. And, and I didn't, it's hard for me to leave my dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dog wants to go every how time. M- how many leave. dogs do you have? <laughs> I've, well, I had three. I'm down to one now, but probably get another one started here this fall wow that's cool now when you do the training for the dog how does that work um I, my first ones i've i've done myself uh, all the finish work and now i mean i've just gotten gotten busier i mean life life gets busier and busier every day it seems like so my yeah. train you see i breed my male i breed my males with his females and uh he runs runs them in hunt tests all summer keeps them in shape uh, well, I don't necessarily have the time to do it, you know, working on the farms. I've got a three-year-old daughter now, which occupies a lot of time. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's exciting, man. That's uh, that's really cool. I think um, uh, training dogs is absolutely hard, but we have a neighbor, actually, a, a good friend of our family's that has a black lab. He had a couple black labs now. This is his second second one he's on? A third one, and uh, they're all um, pheasant dogs, right? I mean, that's what he's running, mm-hmm. pheasant, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, watching them work is just amazing. And before that, his dad had, I think, Britneys, two Britneys. We did some upland mm-hmm. with, and you know, we're not like huge upland people, but we do like to go, and you know, once in a while. Uh, but being in Michigan, we just don't have that, you know. Do a lot uh, of grouse and woodcock. Yeah, there's other stuff yeah. we're working on, and more a lot of fishing, obviously, because it's you know the Great Lakes, so it just makes sense, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, in watching those dogs work was amazing. And last year I took out, we went out, uh, I think it was in January actually, or February we went out and I took, uh, the slow motion video camera, the FS five out there and it was awesome. I, it's so hard to get this shot though, you know, and you don't know when that bird's going to jump, you know, and you're trying to, to get the, them on point and figure out where you're at and then you're, you're pushing for it, you know? So it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, for me anymore, just going out, whether it's up on bird hunting or waterfowl hunting, I mean, the dog. It, it makes the hunt for me. Well, watching them work, is just watching amazing. them work, just the beauty of it. Yeah, pretty cool. Man, these images are awesome, man. I have to admit, <laughs> they're really, really. Good. We're all gawking over them. We're yeah, just looking at them. You know, it's, it, the problem is every time you look, he cr- brings in new questions. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of camera are you using for most of these? We're blessed with opportunity. Most of them uh, got a an older forty B. Got a 5D Mark II. Actually, you know what? I've always had good glass. The uh, 
the L series lenses. Mm-hmm. But last year I got the the seven B Mark II, and that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, I think I think if people um, I think people don't realize that you don't. I mean, you don't have to have a five D Mark IV to get an awesome image. A lot of it's in post imaging, you know. So I think that, and that's what I actually had some uh, a lady. I was at a camp. Uh, we were camping up north just recently, and she asked me about my pictures and and said, you know, like how do you how do you adjust the camera in the field? I said I don't adjust the camera in the field. I actually shoot in auto, and then I redo it in post, and you know, in raw. And to me, that's the way to go. But that's for me. Everybody's different. But I, my thing is, you're not going to spend you know 15 minutes trying to set up a camera just to take one shot and i'm not saying i'm not i'm not saying other people might but that's just not my my style but my point is if you're shooting a raw you can pretty much do a lot of great things so hey were you you're you're fishing at lake michigan we we did we got out there when when we were up there on vacation awesome where, where were you where were you at up there were you uh... um we went out of saugatuck okay right. saugatuck right on actually uh it's funny because um the the fishery this year over there in lake michigan has just completely been on fire i mean the king salmon they're seeing numbers like they've never seen before there was a guy was two weeks ago that caught a 41.48 pound king salmon literally yeah that's the biggest king salmon that's been caught in lake michigan since 1978 Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so is that is that a king you got right there, or is that a steelhead? I can't tell. It's hard to see on the screen. Uh, king. It is a king. king. Okay. Yeah, we caught a lot of lot of fish that morning. Well, I tell you what, man. If you're ever uh, ever back in the area, um, you know, we've got some real good friends out of the Muskegon area in Michigan. Um, good friend of mine runs a charter boat out of there, and, uh, you know, we get out just about every other John, week right now john I, brought me just to give you tony yeah. just to give you an idea john brought me 45 pounds of salmon and yeah. he's got way more and, and that was like <laughs> and that was like three fillets i mean we were we've been just just hammering the kings lately we've been getting into uh steelhead we've been getting into the browns lakers um, coho yeah lakers i mean it's just been an an un, un, unusual year you know talking with my buddy that's a charter boat captain out there he's just saying this is some of the best fishing he's seen in years. We definitely don't have big bucks, and we definitely don't have great upland, but we do have fish. We have some huge fish. <laughs> we have some ducks, too. Some ducks, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, nothing. Yeah, so that. seriously, though, if you're ever in the area, you know, uh, yeah, more hit, us up, hit us up on Experience Wild or at Bowhunter Plant, and we'll, yeah. we'll try to hook up. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go for vacation in Saugatong? Yeah, my wife's family used to have a, used to have a house there. Oh, and, cool. Uh, we used to go up there a lot. Okay. Uh, and uh, they just sold it here a year or two ago, so we, we all still go back and, and rent these cottages and just kind of let the kids play on the beach and have fun for a couple of days. Yeah, that's exciting. That's I love you know the Upper Michigan's so beautiful, the whole coast to that side, and uh, it's really exciting to. Uh... It's real nice living like being surrounded by water like that. I mean, I think it's what kind of makes Michigan a little bit unique, is you know it's a peninsula and you've got all the Great Lakes. So there's a lot of a lot of waterfowl. There's a lot of you know great fishing to be done. You know, unfortunately for Chris, this past season, you know the migration really sucked. It was just so warm was and, and it really was really late. you know it was coming towards the end of our our uh, you know goose season that we really started seeing birds show up. Yeah, we've seen that in a lot of parts of the country. Just too warm. Nothing froze up north, and birds never moved. Yeah. It's always something. <laughs> yeah, it's always something. Hey, Tony, uh, we, we do some stuff with Yeti, too. Um, have you? What's your thoughts on that hopper? Because that's been one of my favorite things I've actually used in the field. 
Yeah, it, it's awesome. I really like the the, the hopper too, and, and really the flip now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, and you have not checked out Yeti stuff, man. That hopper and the flip are legit, like literally legit. And I don't get paid by Yeti. I don't, you know, we just work with them on certain things, little things, but I, I can't say anything better. Our, you know, we're, that's like the best mini cooler I've ever used in my life. I mean, literally holds ice, unreal. And for someone like Tony here, I mean, this is like a perfect, that bag is probably perfect for ducks and stuff like that in the field. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, that, and obviously all their other little stuff is a lot of fun. Oh, the one thing they sent me that I can't get over, I love it is the tank have you do you have a tank yeah we've got it uh sits on our sits on our lodge and we'll put it on the back patio and fill it full of ice and beer and yeah (laughs) mine's still on my patio now i use it for every party the kids parties everything that's like the best thing ever made if i it's so simple And it'll hold it'll hold ice all weekend sitting out there in the sun yep Mm -hmm. i tested on a mini test i hit i i had my son's birthday and we, I left it the way it was, and four days later it took to, to melt at all. It was unreal with that little lid on. Yeah, those Yetis will hold ice forever. I mean, it's that's like the, even the tumbler. I mean, I've had ice in my tumbler for like that's three true. days before for with coffee. ice water. Yeah. For coffee. Yeah. I did a coffee in the morning, and I came back at like 11. It was still hot. Like, Absolutely. Wow. Unbelievable. So I got to ask about your I got to ask about your dogs, Tony. So you're primarily running just uh, Black Labs? I do, yep. And then I believe... Was it was that the video you shared with me, Chris? The one where he you mm-hmm. had a dog that passed away recently. Rough. Yeah, that was my old my old one, Rough. He was uh, he was pretty special. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's uh, pure jerker. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, I, I it brought tears in my eyes. I mean, I've I've always had labs myself, so I can kind of you know definitely relate. But uh, yeah, man. Well, I you know I appreciate you putting out that video. That was that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was it was hard to do. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I like talking about that old dog, but it's hard to it's hard to do it. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. It's nice to have that memory, though. Yeah, you can yeah. always look back at when you feel like crying, when you feel like letting loose. You can go back yeah. to that video. That was a great video, man. <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah, wanted. For me, that. it was it was cool. They could capture how much he meant to me, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, that so so many people could relate. I mean, oh, it's not, yeah, it's exactly. Not, it's yeah, not they, my story. I got to tell it, but I mean, yeah. it happens people every day yeah that was his story too you know the story yeah. rough you know, i appreciate that man it was a great video all right tony well hey man thanks for joining us on the podcast we appreciate your time and uh it's been awesome talking to you about all this stuff it's really exciting and the outdoor lifestyle is just so cool and every aspect of it and i think that's why it's fun to to learn about what you do and how it works and all that so man thank you so much we appreciate it well guys thanks for having me if you ever get through missouri look look me up We'll oh, do. sure, man. Definitely love to do that. Same thing for Michigan, man. Seriously, come come pay us a visit one of these days. Yeah, we'll get up some skiing one of these days. There you go. Oh, yeah, no, we're talking. <laughs> All right, see, see you, Tony. Thank All you. Right, thanks, Tony. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.